48K News. It's one o'clock. I'm Steve Dunthorne. The headlines. Fresh pork is back on sale after a swine fever scare, but prices are high. A leading pro-Beijing figure says that the United States has no reason to object to changes in Hong Kong's extradition law, and a former government official goes on trial for taking half a million dollars in bribes. Fresh pork prices are up almost 50% after two slaughterhouses reopened following disinfection. They were closed for a week after a pig imported from the mainland was found to have African swine fever. Around 2,900 pigs were available this morning, 60% of the usual supply. Butchers in one wet market said wholesale prices rose only 20% and they saw little change in demand. This customer complained about the prices. Sometimes I just spend this one for soup only 50, 50 plus like that. Today 77 now. The Deputy Director of the Basic Law Committee, Maria Tam, has responded to concerns that the United States could impose sanctions on Hong Kong if amendments to extradition laws are passed. The amendments would allow for the transfer of fugitives to places that have no extradition deal with Hong Kong. Mrs Tam said the US already had a similar deal in place with China. The United States has already signed a treaty with the PRC in respect of extradition of offenders and they have actually uh, sent back no less than four cases in the last six years or so of suspects being wanted by China, you know, escaped or uh, absconded to uh, the states and being sent back. So if the states themselves can work with China, why can Hong Kong not work with China? And be sanctioned. The US and China have no extradition treaty, although in 2000 they signed a mutual legal assistance treaty that allows for cooperation in criminal matters. There's been another legal challenge to the government's proposed changes to extradition laws. Retired civil servant Kwok Chuk Kin says that the idea is unconstitutional because changing the law touches on foreign affairs, which he says is a matter for Beijing, not the SAR government. Mr Kwok who's known as the King of Judicial Reviews, says he wants the court to ban the change. Last month, tycoon Joseph Lau, who was convicted of bribery in Macau, also filed a judicial review against the proposals, which would allow for the transfer of fugitives to places that have no extradition deal with Hong Kong. A former senior government official has gone on trial at the district court, along with the Macau businesswoman who was accused of paying him hundreds of thousands of dollars in bribes. The prosecutor told the district court that Wilson's Fung's behaviour had damaged the values civil servants were supposed to uphold. He is accused of accepting $510,000 from Cheyenne Chan in September 2004 when he was Deputy Secretary for Economic Development. He is said to have used the money for a deposit on a luxury flat in the mid-levels. At the time, Ms Chan was head of three aviation companies while Mr Fung was responsible for air service negotiations. The prosecutor said Ms Chan offered the money to secure a good relationship with Mr Fung, but the defendant failed to declare a conflict of interest and continued to act in a way that favoured her companies for three years, according to the prosecution. Both the defendants pleaded not guilty to bribery. Mr Fung faces an additional count of misconduct in public office, to which he also pleaded not guilty. The trial continues before District Court Judge Douglas Yao. Beijing's anti-corruption watchdog says it is investigating the former head of the securities regulator for unspecified violations of the law. 
Maggie Ho reports. Liu Shiyu was appointed to head the China Securities Regulation Commission in early 2016 after a meltdown in the mainland's financial markets. He promised to go to war against what he referred to as financial crocodiles and barbarians who manipulate the market. He stepped up enforcement of market rules and vastly increased the size of the fines levied. But his spell at the CSRC ended in January when he was replaced by Yi Huiman, a former chairman. Of one of the country's biggest banks, in a brief notice on his website, the Communist Party's Central Commission for Discipline Inspection said Mr. Liu had turned himself in, but did not say what he was accused of doing wrong. Google has suspended business with Chinese telecoms giant Huawei, potentially cutting off its Android devices from updates to popular Google apps and services used around the world. It comes several days after the U.S. Commerce Department announced that it was blacklisting Huawei over concerns that its equipment could be used by the Beijing government to spy on American networks. Huawei denies the allegations. RTHK's economics correspondent Barry Wood says things will be tough for Huawei. We have to remember that Huawei, for its handset service, has Europe as its number two market. Of course, China being number one. If you can't get Gmail and you can't get YouTube and you can't use a Chrome operating system,、uh, this is going to be a problem. You know, I've got a feeling that there will be alternatives developed, and of course, Huawei probably knew this was coming. You know, you've got this long-running dispute with the daughter being held under house arrest in Vancouver. Mr. Trump is tightening the screws on Huawei, and it's、uh, not just going after the handset problem, which is what this Google is all about. It's going after the backbone services, the actual services in the telecom equipment, and of course, Huawei is a leader in 5G. So this is a very important development. The Australian Prime Minister Scott Morrison is preparing to name his front bench after what's been called his miracle win in Saturday's general election. Exit polls had predicted a Labor victory. Earlier, the country's former Labour Prime Minister Kevin Rudd spoke out against Mr. Morrison, accusing his Liberal Party of running a fear-based campaign. The Labour Party, despite the fact it has lost, ran a comprehensive policy program for the future,、uh, but the Conservatives ran because they have deduced it works politically a fear-based campaign about Labour as an alternative manager of the economy. So I'm somewhat sceptical as to where the future policy agenda of this government will go, the、mm-hmm. Conservative government. Of course, the core challenge for Australia is the driest continent on earth, and the world, given what we've seen recently in UN reports on the future of biodiversity, is what does the re-elected Australian government now do on climate change and our obligations under the Paris Treaty?、Right. And this Conservative government in Australia has been about as bad as President Trump on this question. A 41-year-old comedian will be sworn in as Ukraine's new president in a few hours' time. Vladimir Zelensky, a political novice famous for playing the role of a president in a satirical TV series, won a landslide victory over the incumbent Petro Poroshenko a month ago. As the BBC's Jonah Fisher reports from Kiev, it's not quite clear what his policies will be. During the month since winning the election, Mr. Zelensky has done no press conferences or interviews, and has left it to a team of advisers to try and reassure people that the 41-year-old former comedian does know what he's doing. There have already been indications that Vladimir Putin is determined to test Ukraine's political novice. 
Russia has started issuing passports in separatist-held parts of Ukraine. A provocative move some see as a step towards possible annexation. Exit polls from India's general election suggest the current Prime Minister Narendra Modi and his Hindu Nationalist Party, the BJP, are set to win a second term in office. The news came at the end of the seventh phase of voting in the world's biggest democratic exercise, conducted over six weeks. Here's the BBC's Jill McGivering. Indian exit polls aren't reliable. They have been wrong in the past, and the official count won't come until Thursday. But they'd have to be very wrong for Narendra Modi not to continue in office. Some suggest a comfortable majority for the BJP and its regional allies. Mr Modi, a fiery orator, has been a dominant force in the campaign, crisscrossing the country to address rallies and promising a strong modern India. Critics see him as dangerously divisive and accuse him of failing to deliver jobs and economic growth. Donald Trump has sharply criticised the Republican congressman who's publicly called for the US president's impeachment, the first member of the governing party in Congress to do so. In a tweet, Mr Trump called the Michigan representative, Justin Amash, a total lightweight and a loser. On Saturday, Mr Amash accused the president of engaging in impeachable conduct on the grounds of obstructing justice. Meanwhile, President Trump has warned Iran not to threaten America. In a strongly worded tweet, Mr Trump said if Iran wanted to fight, it would be the official end of the country. Here's the BBC's Chris Buckler. President Trump had been talking down a potential conflict with Iran amid reports that some in his administration had lost patience with Tehran, including the National Security Advisor John Bolton. The US has made a point of increasing its military presence in the Persian Gulf and used economic sanctions to put pressure on Iran. However, when asked last week whether America was prepared to declare war, Mr Trump said, I hope not. His latest comments are of a very different tone. Campaigners have picketed a hospital in eastern France in a bid to prevent it from complying with a court order to stop feeding a patient in a state of minimal consciousness. Vincent Lambert has been unresponsive since a traffic accident in 2008. Here's the BBC's Mike Sanders. The plight of Vincent Lambert has touched the nation and split his family. His wife, Rachel, backed by six of his siblings, agreed six years ago that doctors could withdraw all sustenance. But his parents say he's merely handicapped and responds to their visits. Backed by fellow Roman Catholics, they've launched a series of court actions to stop what his 73-year-old mother, Viviane, has called euthanasia by stealth. But all legal recourses have failed, including a plea to the European Court of Human Rights. She's urged President Emmanuel Macron to intervene. Financial news. A short time ago, the Hang Seng Index was at 27,800. That's 146 points down on the previous close. Turnover stood at $59.1 billion. The currencies, the US dollar is trading at 110.22 yen. The euro stands at 1 US dollar 11 cents. And the pound is worth 9 Hong Kong dollars and 99 cents. Now to sports, here's Atten Chung. We start with golf. It wasn't pretty, but he got it done. Brooks Kepka has won the PGA Championship on Long Island, New York, after holding on for a two-shot victory over Dustin Johnson. Kepka took a seven-shot lead into the final round at Bethpage Black, but four stray bogeys on the back nine allowed Johnson to get to within one shot. 
The defending champion then managed to recover by parring three of his last four holes to close with a scrappy four over par 74, good enough to retain his title while securing a fourth career major. Kepka said he was motivated by a crowd that chanted against him. When they started chanting DJ on, on 14, it, um, it actually kind of helped. Be honest with you, I think um, helped me kind of refocus and hit a good one down 15. Um, I think that was that was probably the best thing that could have happened, and it, it was very very stressful. This golf course is um, it'll test you for sure. With that victory, Kepka became the first player to hold back-to-back -back titles in two majors at the same time, having also won the last two editions of the U.S. Open. Ice hockey and the St. Louis Blues are on the brink of reaching the Stanley Cup final for the first time since 1970. Jaden Schwartz had a hat trick as the Blues blasted the San Jose Sharks 5-0 in Game 5 of the Western Conference Final to take a 3-2 lead in the best of seven series. It's the closest the Blues have ever been to making the final since getting there in their first three seasons when the NHL's Western Conference was made up of all expansion teams. The Blues host Game 6 Wednesday morning Hong Kong time, knowing a win will put them back to the final where the Boston Bruins are waiting. In the NBA playoffs, the Toronto Raptors needed double overtime to beat the top-seeded Milwaukee Bucks in Game 3 of the Eastern Conference Final. Toronto came through at home winning 118-112 to cut Milwaukee's lead in the series to two games to one. Kawhi Leonard stepped up with eight points in the second overtime to lead the Raptors with 36 points. Pascal Siakam added 25 points and 11 rebounds. Tomorrow, the Golden State Warriors can sweep the way into the NBA Finals with a win in Game 4 away to the Portland Trailblazers. And finally, in football, the English treble winners Manchester City are looking for a new captain as Vincent Kompany has left the club. The 33-year-old has signed a three-year deal to join the Belgian side Anderlecht as their player manager. Kompany leaves Manchester City after 11 years. During that time, he's won four Premier League titles, two FA Cups and four League Cups. And as you look at sports. To end the news, the top stories once again. Fresh pork is back on sale in Hong Kong after an African swine fever scare, but consumers say the prices are too high. A leading pro-Beijing figure says that the United States has no reason to object to changes in the SAR's extradition law. And a former government official goes on trial, accused of taking half a million dollars in bribes. The news from RTHK. If you see a faded fly.